I think I got a guy on the radio who talks to me. I can't see him, but he talks to me. The Drew Marshall Show, reminding you that two thongs still don't make it right. All right, we're moving along. Thanks for tuning in. You are listening to The Drew Marshall Show. We're streaming live at drewmarshall.ca. Got a lot of authors today because it's the long weekend up here, eh? It's like the Canadian long weekend to the start of the summer, eh? David Essel, he's the author of Positive Thinking Will Never Change Your Life, but this book will. As soon as I read that, I said, okay, i got to get this guy in the show. Great book title. Sometimes it's just the title that gets you. The Myth of Positive Thinking, The Reality of Success. He joins us all the way from, I think, Florida? No, where are you at, David? Hey, Drew, absolutely. Florida, and it's great to be part of your program. All right, you're already sounding like a positive guy. What the heck? Are you? Have you always been positive, or were you a jerk at some point in your life? Oh, I think we're all jerks at some level, Drew, if you want to be honest. You know, I, don't think there's a, I don't think there's anyone that isn't a jerk at some level, so heck yeah. I've been a jerk, but you know, you know that the driving force of my life has always been the belief that I can. You know, I can accomplish whatever it is. Now, some things have taken me a heck of a lot longer than other things, but, but I believe that's something that we all have. And, and positive thinking will only get you so far. It's kind of funny when you, when you read the title of the book, you know, 37 years ago when I entered the world of personal growth, if someone would have said in 37 years you're going to have a number one best-selling book that says positive thinking isn't the answer, I probably would have shot off. <laughs> or I would have been I would have been the jerk that you just asked if I ever was, you know. <laughs> okay, so what what was the turnaround? Because it, look, here's the I read this uh, this pitch that came to me and you know, this whole thing of there's Gandhi involved in this pitch and you're and you're basically you're 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 kind of you've turned your whole thing around and and it reminded me of, of when I used to be a pastor. I was a pastor in Australia at a church in the Blue Mountains for five years, and I've got a box full of cassette tapes of every message or sermon I ever delivered. And I want to light that box on fire because I regret so much of the stuff that I had that I said back in the day. And have you not had sort of a similar journey? Oh, absolutely. You know, when, when we wrote the book, one of the reasons I wrote it through was to say, I am so sorry. I am sorry. You know, from 1980 to 1996, I was one of those ridiculous motivational speakers that would get on the stage and say, whatever you believe you can achieve and your thoughts become things. And if you think about it hard enough, it's gonna, you're going to attract into your life. And, you know, all of that is about 99% BS. So, you know, the people in this world that accomplish great bodies, great love, great faith, freedom from addiction, whatever, a lot of money, whatever their goal is, they've done it by working their darn tails off, Drew. You know that. I know that. But the reality is, in our society, you know, the well-meaning books like The Secret and The Law of Attraction, which have some small degree of truth to them, but it's very small, they get everyone excited about what I used to preach. You know, your thoughts become things. But the reality is, when I came out the book, I said, okay, you know what? 1996 was a big turning point for my career. It happened with an interview with one man that actually exposed my own addictions. And in the exposure of my addictions, what I found, Drew, was that I had been saying for 25 years, every morning as an affirmation, I'm a child of God. Happy, 
healthy and sober today. And every night I drank heavily. And so what happened was I found that that affirmation kept me in denial. Because when you wake up and say, I am a millionaire, I'm with the love of my life, I'm a size 8 when you're a size 24, you are living in the world of illusion. So we came out with this book to radically change people's mindset and to give them hope, Drew, that yes, you can accomplish great things, but your thought process is only going to account for 20% of your major success in life. Okay, uh, one of the things you said uh, that you no longer believe is that, you know, basically, uh, if you think it, it'll happen, it'll become reality. And um, and, and that that is not just, I think, moving uh, space around. There's some biochemistry behind that, or so says Dr. Joe Dispenza. So, but you've got all these people who have contributed to your book. Tell me you're not cutting some of them off at the knees with the way you're, you're now thinking. Well, you know, Dr. Joe Dispenza, I talk about when I interviewed him. I've interviewed him a ton of times on the radio show. And I said, I gave a, 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 an incredible story right out of one of Joe's books. And when Joe was on the air, I said, Joe, I know you love to talk about the fact that people can change their life via thoughts. Is it only via thoughts? And he laughed through. And he said, David, no, you actually have to do a lot of really hard work. Right. And then Dr. Joe Vitale, when I had him on my show, he was one of the stars of The Secret. Yeah. And I said, I go, Dr. Joe, I said, in the book, it says that you were homeless and became a millionaire <clears throat> by imagining checks in the mail. And I said, tell me how you did it, brother, because I'm tired of putting in 12, 14-hour days. And he started laughing. And he said, David, he goes, here's the truth. When the secret asked me to be on their, in their program, I was already a multi-millionaire. And I was homeless, and I did think positive thoughts. But in order to go from homelessness to a millionaire, I worked seven days a week, 14-hour days for years. So as a matter of fact, Drew, what I'm doing is I don't think I'm cutting people off at the knees as much as I'm exposing the myth that everyone wants to hang on to. So... If you read any book that says, if you change your thoughts, you'll change your life, the odds of that happening can only be a miracle. Yeah. And, and if a miracle happens, as we say in the book, you know, I still get up every day, the first hour of my day, it's meditation, prayer, visualization, journaling, gratitude, you name it. But after that first hour, Drew, I go and I do what most people don't want to do. And that's what creates success with Dr. Joe, with Esther and Jerry Hicks, the, the creators of the Law of Attraction book series, all these people, Deepak Chopra, the late Wayne Dyer, who I dedicated my book to because the impact that Wayne had on my life, not one of those people, Drew, ever sat with their vision board, with their affirmations in their bed to create success. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, <laughs> so... I, I I sent an email recently to uh, to Tony Robbins people because I thought it'd be good to have him on the show. And it, but it's taken me, dude. It's taken me decades to reach out to Tony Robbins because, you know, he was sort of like the the mecca of the whole thing, at least on television, and the the big guy yelling and screaming and clapping. And then you, and he's on Netflix, and, you, and then I found out he swore a lot during his conferences. I was like, okay, he can't be that bad. Um, <laughs> And I just, I, I wrote to them and I said, oh, I'm so sorry it's taken, like I've been doing the show for 14 years, I'm so sorry it's taken me 14 years to reach out to Tony Robbins to get him on the show. I just, it's taken me that long to to get over the weirdness of the self-help industry, you know? Um, 
I get weirded out about a lot of tribes. Tribal conditioning drives me mental. Um, yeah. Whether it's why okay, you do yoga, but that doesn't mean if you're a guy, you have to have a man bun. Seriously, right? So, so, so when it comes to you know the power of positive thinking, gang, um, I don't know. I just sort of raise my hand and call BS on so much of the stuff until I realized. Okay, well, how's your life working for you, Drew? Let's see. You've turned into a crusty curmudgeon, and you're not even fifty yet. This is—I am fifty now. But when I had this sort of awakening of what a crusty jerk I was, I thought, you know what? I—I I do need to actually retrain my brain. That was a long, long um, message. I feel like we should pass a plate around now. Sorry about that. <laughs> hey, listen. The way that you change long-term attitudes is via action, Drew. It's not via your thoughts. Your thoughts are not that powerful. Hell, and, and I can prove it just with my one story I told. 25 years waking up every day saying I'm a child of God, happy, healthy, and sober. If I could have, if that thought process was so darn powerful as everyone says it is, I shouldn't say everyone, most people say it is in my industry, you don't change via your thoughts. You change by doing things you'd rather not do. And when you do what you'd rather not do, money, body, addiction, recovery, whatever it is, over a long enough period of time, that will change your attitude. Like if someone says to me, I'm going to send two people in there, I want you to hire one of them. One of them has the most positive attitude in the world, but they're kind of lazy. And the other one is kind of like neutral, but they'll do whatever you say. I'm picking B anytime. I'm taking B. Yeah. I'm taking that person that may not be Mr. Up all the time or Miss Up, but if they're willing to work and learn, you got my vote. And that's where I think most of us go wrong, is that we think that by these platitudes and affirmations and stuff that your life's going to change. But, you know, in 27 years of being a radio host with all these gurus that I've inter- interviewed, Drew, or the, the rock stars like Meatloaf and Kenny Loggins, there isn't one person that's ever said, David, I achieved this greatness just by thinking differently. And that's the message of the book. You know, we have six New York Times bestselling authors endorsing us. Jenny McCarthy, after being on her show multiple times, gave us this incredible endorsement. But even Jenny said on her show, when I was on her show the first time, after 10 minutes, Drew, of explaining the premise of our book, she said, time out, David. And she said to her audience, I am so sorry. I've been teaching you that the law of attraction and the secret of the way to go, what I've done is wrong. What you're listening to right now is the truth. And then she went into her own story, Drew, proving that when her career started to melt down and go in a bad way, she pulled back and isolated her career, nosedived even sooner or faster. And then when she started doing and going on auditions that she didn't want to go on, her career went through the roof. And that's the story. If you want great success, let's do great work, and you can get it. So, really, you could have called your book Suck It Up, Princess. <laughs> yeah, and Prince. Yeah. You know, suck It Up, Princess, and Prince. And let's, let's get the hell out of our own way, because, Drew, you know this. I mean, you were a jerk at one time. I was a jerk at one time. Oh, I'm still a jerk. We, <laughs> we, we are our worst enemies. We are the issue. You know, most of us are incredibly lazy. Uh, And let me go back to something that we talk about in our book. You know, in our book, we go deep into the psychology of the mind. What's the difference between the conscious, the subconscious mind is? And in 1996, when I had my big turnaround, 
in our training, we created this term, a definition for the word human nature. And the definition of human nature, which is the greatest saboteur for all of your listeners who want to lose weight, make money, find great love, forgive someone, the greatest saboteur is this. Human nature is our desire to get the most out of life with minimal effort. Right. We, we are in a, in a world that continues to go down the pathway of instant gratification. The secret and the law of attraction and books like that tap into that by telling us to sit and visualize in five years down the road, if you put on a vision board, a million dollar home, you will be living in that home. You know, that's all about trying to get the most out of life with minimal effort. And so our book is saying, this is a bunch of crap. I'm so sorry. I used to teach it. Now let's get back on the pathway to success. You know, Oh, man, I've got so many things i, I got to say here. First of all, let me just make sure I'm plugging everything properly here. David Essel is the author of Positive Thinking uh, Will Never Change Your Life, but this book will. The Myth of Positive Thinking, The Reality of Success. The website is davidessel.com. That's E-S-S-E-L, davidessel.com. So, really, we're talking about shattering lies with truth, but where do you go for that truth? Well, the book... <laughs> <laughs> nice. Hey, I'm doing the plug-in, not you. <laughs> you know, your, your listeners can get Chapter 1 for free at our website, Drew, because this is what we did when we came out with the book. When it went number one, let me pull that back. We really believed it was going to go number one. When it went number one, we said, you know what? We are so grateful. We're giving everyone who hasn't purchased the book Chapter 1 for free so they can have an idea of if they've never heard of who the heck David Essel is and why is he ranting and raging, raving about the correct way to become successful, he said, just read chapter one. You know, we, we put it all out there because we want people to realize that there is some truth that when you use positive thinking and affirmations and visualization, there's a cascade of chemicals fully documented by science that are released in the brain that make us feel invincible, positive, that there's nothing that can stop us. The only problem is that if you don't keep thinking those thoughts, the cascade of chemicals stop. So it's impossible to do this 24-7. But here's the cool thing. If you can go and do the work you'd rather not, get up early to go into the gym, quit eating sugar, um, start looking at budgeting from a financial point of view, learn how to forgive your lover. If you can do the hard work over a period of time through, it stops being hard work. Yeah. It just becomes who you are. And that's the message of the book. It's a book of hope. All right. Um, well, I think a phrase that I, I love to hunker down on this, you know, I, my dad does a segment on my show. He's 83 and he grew up on the farm. And so we do a segment called Meanwhile Back in the Farm because, you know, growing up on the farm taught my dad more about life than Google ever will. And one thing that dad taught me over the years was about delayed gratification. And that is such a pushback in today's uh, materialistic, millennial-type mentality, delayed gratification. So I think we're talking about do the hard work, uh, suck it up, princes and princesses, shatter lies with truth, and practice delayed gratification. Um, one other side of things that I, I, I want to bring up to you is 
you know, the, the faith angle in all this, and I know that you're a, a, a minister of, uh, i got to get this right here. Gotta, so first of all, David is a master teacher, author, storyteller, radio, TV show uh, host. He's a little kid in a man's body, adjunct professor, seeker finder, addiction recovery coach, inspirational speaker. Really? You have time for all this? Uh, and he's an all-faiths minister. And and so there's a, there's a spiritual angle to your world. And so I want to ask you about this. One of the big mantras of Jesus' message is basically to summarize: Hey, you want to be you want to be a big deal? Well, then get small. It's not about you. Serve others. Mustard seed kind of mentality. How does that fit in with your world? Well, you know, one of the big keys that we say to people who want to be successful is that you have to get vulnerable and ask for help. You will not do it on your own. You, if you ain't got sober yet, you ain't getting sober on your own. If you haven't lost your 50 pounds yet, you're not doing that on your own. If you haven't become financially free yet, you're not doing that on your own. So you've got to get vulnerable and ask for help, number one. Number two, in our world, service is everything. Going that extra mile, doing things without the applause doing things without people knowing it. You know, what was that thing years ago about, um, uh, it was acts of gratitude, acts of service, where there was a book on it. And I, and it love, love, five Love Languages, Gary Chapman. But, no, well, no, I was no? thinking of the one where, where, you know, you go up to a toll booth and you say, I'm going to pay for the five people behind oh, me. Oh, right, right, right. Um, acts of kindness, I forget what it was. But, okay. you know, like that type of thing is crucial to create increased self-esteem, increased confidence. But if you notice something that what I'm talking about is I'm talking about action. Right. You know, like when you serve without the desire for, for validation, when you give without the need to have your name mentioned, that's all about action. And, and people boost their confidence and self-esteem, Drew, as you know, via action, not by thinking I'm more confident or I'm more loving or I'm more compassionate. You've got to actually do it for it to stick. You're kind of a walking anomaly, you know. You've lived and breathed in so many worlds. Uh, so let me let me just maybe tick you off by asking this. Who's to say that five years down the road you're not going to write another book that says, okay, I was wrong again? Oh, well, you know, the, one of the great stories that we say about Gandhi that I love is that when he, you know, first started going back to India and, and he left his, his attorneyship and he, he put on the sari and he was all just this white little man walking around the country. One of the first things he did, Drew, was he said to the Indian population, I agree with the British. We need to bond with them. I want you to take up arms. I want you to carry guns. I want you to support our British brothers and sisters. And when they say that there's problems somewhere, be ready to run next to them with your rifles. Hmm. Now, people don't, a lot of people don't know the full story of Gandhi, obviously. And so some people should be very shocked to hear that. But then a period of time later, he recanted and said, I'm wrong. Do I think, in, well, you know, 30, 37 years in the industry and 26 years of preaching this nonsense, and then, then I finally said, oh my God, I've got to do a, write a book. Could I rewrite a book in five years, Drew, because I learn immensely more than I know right now? Oh, my Lord, yes. Huh. And will I be humble and say I'm sorry? Yes, I will. What did Wayne Dyer mean to you? You know, how, What impact did he have in your life? Well, the greatest story I can tell about Wayne Dyer was the very first time I interviewed him, 1990. 
he was already a rock star, Drew. You know, 1990, he had, you know, Your Erroneous Zones and many other books that had been number one bestsellers. So the very first time I interviewed him, I'm in awe of him already anyway. And I'm thinking he's just like one of the greatest teachers of all time back then. And, um, and, he, and he had done my show and we get off the air and he says to me, I have one question for you. I said, what's that, Wayne? He said, how can I serve you? And I said, I go, what? He said, look it, I love this show. I love your energy. I love your passion. You know, you've created this monster of a radio show. How can I serve you? And I was dumbfounded, Drew. And I said, you know what, Wayne? I was never expecting that question. I don't have an answer. And he said, I'll tell you what. I'm going to be back on your show in probably three or four months. Be ready then. He comes on four months later and, and he says, do you remember the question? I said, oh, I've been waiting for you. He said, okay, what can I do for you? I said, Wayne, if you could just simply give us an endorsement of the work that I do, that's all I need. He said, consider it done. 24 hours later, we have an email. It's on my homepage, and people can see it at talkdavid.com or davidessel.com. It's the same site. Right at the top, underneath Jenny McCarthy, there's Wayne Dyer with his quote. That man was so humble, Drew. Every time, I probably interviewed him seven or eight times. Every time it was the same thing. Is there anything I can do for you? He taught me how to teach others in our profession. David Essel. He is the author of Positive Thinking Will Never Change Your Life, but this book will. The Myth of Positive Thinking, The Reality of Success. The website is davidessel.com, E-S-S-E-L, davidessel.com. If you don't know how to spell David, you don't deserve to read the book. What a pleasure. It was really, really cool. Thank you for, for patiently waiting for us to get to you, and I, I appreciate it, David. Oh, Drew, I thoroughly enjoyed this, and if I can help in the future, we'd love to. We have very similar energy, and that's cool. Well, man, my energy is severely depleted. I think it's because I'm lactose intolerant. Thank you, sir. Great to chat with you. Bye. And I think it's going to be